All right, hi, hello everyone. Welcome back to my solo road. How are we feeling? Are you feeling good? I am feeling much better than I was last week. Not that anything was horribly wrong or anything, but um, I definitely was just like in a bit of a down mood. And I know I talked about it briefly during the episode, but I tried to kind of just fight through it and do a business episode anyways. But since then I have been camping, I have played in a couple waterfalls. I got to hang out with Henry and Finn, which is always a good time. And now I am city van dwelling for tonight, which means we all know I'm in a hotel parking lot. If you don't know that, then listen to my overnight parking episode, obviously. But I am feeling really good. I don't know if it's like my mental space or the fact that I've had an abundance of coffee today. Um, I had two cups of hot coffee and I've had three things of cold brew. That is not healthy, I would guess, but it's definitely making me excited to record this, so it's working nonetheless. Okay, so I promised you last week that we would do a mental health update, which as I got thinking about it throughout the week, I was like, maybe this is weird. You know, this is like a van life podcast. You know, they come here for overnight parking and how to do this and how to do that and having dogs on the road. And then as I was typing out this episode earlier today, kind of like my bullet points, like always, I was like, no, this is so much more important than those lessons. You know, those are obviously for people who want to live in vans. Van life logistics and things like that are very important, but I don't want to just share parts of my life. Like van life is not the only aspect of my entire life. I don't only live in a van and mental health is very important to me. I know a lot of you really liked my social anxiety episode, uh, which we will touch on that later in this episode. That was the first time that I really got open and honest and, you know, hit the publish button knowing that I had just done something that I hadn't really done before. Like it's really, it feels very safe for me to talk about van life because I know it and I know that that's what, you know, people are interested in. That's what I, I tell myself that you're here for. And then I did that anxiety episode and so many of you really related to that. And it just, you know, not only, I think I said this last week maybe, but it not only made me feel like maybe I kind of validated you in ways to make you feel not alone, but I definitely felt pretty alone in those feelings until I got the responses from you that I did. So I think that we, as friends do, really helped each other with something important with that episode. So anyways, I haven't really talked about it since then. And because I've recently been posting about kind of being in more of a low if we're like going with the highs and lows. I've been kind of in a lower place, which is totally fine. We all will be in those places at times. I just kind of felt like this would be a relevant time for me to bring mental health back up and check in, do an update, not only with me, but with you. I love hearing from you guys. I love getting emails. I love talking back and forth with you and whatnot. So um, yeah, it's one of my favorite parts of the day. Before we get into the episode, I am very excited about this coffee situation. If you don't know, I am starting a coffee brand with another company and it is essentially a private label with them. So they will be doing all of the fulfillment because I can't have a bunch of coffee in my van, obviously. It'll be my coffee brand though. So we're gonna create a roast for me and um, we're gonna have like hot coffee. We're gonna do cold brew. We're gonna do all of the things and I'm very excited about it. So I want to keep updating you in the podcast as the weeks go by because I haven't said anything about this 
post on Instagram yet because I'm still a little nervous until I'm holding the bags of coffee in my hand. I just don't really want to make it a big thing. So this is kind of our secret, but I am kind of in more of the final stages right now. We are getting the finalizations on like the bag of coffee, like kind of the branding and the design and all of that stuff, and really figuring out the logistics of tying my website to theirs so that the orders placed will kind of kick back to theirs. I know you don't care about this stuff, but there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there. So if you are interested, this is kind of how it works. At least it is for me and what I'm doing with them. I'm not going to announce their name yet again until I'm holding that coffee because I don't want to speak on behalf of another company and then anything possibly fall through, which I don't think it will, fingers crossed, very much so. But I don't wanna say anything too far until it is like done and done and everyone's ordering coffee, you know? At least that's that's the goal. But yeah, we're kind of in the final stages and I'm just super excited about it. Every time I talk to my friends and we're like, you know, checking in with each other and talking about whatever we have going on, this is the only thing that I'm talking about right now because we all know that I love coffee and to be able to see my name on a coffee bag and something that I've been thinking about doing for so long and something coming to life that is mine. I've just never had anything like that. And so seeing it come to fruition and having a company back me up and be like, no, this is a good idea. We like this. We're excited. You know, X, Y, Z. It's very, very exciting for me. I'm very new to product development, I guess. I have not been on this end of things yet, but yeah, things are moving. It's exciting stuff. Okay. Anyways, I'm going to fill up my cold brew yet again. It's still my third one, so it doesn't technically count as a new one, but I'm going to fill that up, get some more ice, and we'll be right back to talk about mental health and anxiety and super fun things. Okay. So I want to start out by going over, um, I guess, like what I've been dealing with lately. I'm not going to go into details because I very much value my personal life as well. I'm pretty open about a lot of stuff, but there are still things in my life that I keep private, obviously. But just kind of how I've been feeling, I guess, and what I have noticed, and I did do a recent post on this, but to kind of elaborate and go over much more, my mind has been very chaotic. It's been very jumbled lately. I've been really trying to work through organizing the mess that my brain has felt like. Um, I think I was getting really comfortable with being quote unquote good. Like, you know, I mentioned a few minutes ago, these highs and lows that we all are going through. And I've been on such a high lately and my mental health has been really good for a while now. And so I got very comfortable in riding that wave of a high and I kind of lost sight of the fact that things could decline. I lost sight of the fact that I was doing things that were making me feel that way. And so I slowly but surely stopped doing those things. And lo and behold, it makes perfect sense why I slipped back into going into a low. There are things that, you know, keep me not just routine, but moving my body, getting adrenaline, releasing those endorphins, doing the things that keep me feeling good, keep my my brain feeling organized and happy, I started to let those things slip. And when I do that, I start ignoring the 
events that are really happening in my life that could be triggering or traumatic in any small or big type of way. I, you know, something bad could happen or I get bad news or something, you know, is just going on. And instead of processing it and dealing with it in a healthy way, the last you know, couple months, I don't know, however long, pushing those things to the side, I guess. Like, I've been filling all of the silence of my day with Netflix and YouTube. And I'm just like any, you know, as soon as I wake up in the morning, I check my phone, I check social media, which I didn't used to do. And then even as I make my coffee and my breakfast, I will immediately play Netflix so that I'm watching TV while I'm getting ready. And then as I go about my day, even on hikes lately, I have had Netflix or YouTube or a podcast or something playing. And, you know, a several months ago before all of this started, I would love going on hikes just in the silence. There are times where I love going for a walk or whatever with music on and, you know, that's not harmful at all. However, when I'm filling every moment of every single day with noise and something in the background to kind of keep my mind from going at all, it is not healthy for me. And I've realized recently how much I'm doing that. And I think it was kind of a slow increase but I'm starting to be a little bit more self-aware and figure out the fact that I have been doing that to like an insane degree. I don't remember. I have been falling asleep to Netflix, which I never used to let myself do. And I know some of you might uh, fall asleep to TV and you don't really think it's that big of a deal. And it's probably not for you. But when I'm doing that from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep and there's no minute across the day where I am allowing myself uh, and my brain to kind of pause for a second. It is just harmful for me. I am the most creative when I am writing, when I'm moving my body. I'm the most, you know, when when I have breaks of like brain space, right? Where if, if I'm like meditating for 15 or 20 minutes and then when I come out of that, because I've paused my brain for a second, I am always the most creative during those times. As soon as I come out of silence or even sitting in silence, if I drive, and that's the thing, when I'm driving, I've been filling that space with noise. But when I drive in silence for like two hours, I can have like 75 revelations, right? (laughs) Like I am constantly like, oh my God, I didn't even think about this or oh my God, I want to work on this project. And a lot of the magic in my life has been created during those times. And so it also is very hindering on business and creativity and happiness and just all of those things. And so uh, being a little bit more aware that I was doing that lately has done me well and it has allowed me to slowly start trying to get back into it and so, or get back into the things that I know I need to be doing. And so every week I'm kind of choosing one thing and implementing that into every day as much as possible, whether it's five minutes or two hours, every day I'm making time for something. First on that list for me was writing. I had just have to see something visually to understand how my brain is feeling about it. You know, take business and creativity kind of out of the side. This is really just processing emotion and whatever I'm going through. I don't really allow my brain to think about like my emotions that are connected to that event or that thing until I am writing it out and I can visually read what I am writing. And I'm like, you know, it's almost like my hand and my brain are completely disconnected and I'm just reading someone else's words. And then afterwards I'm like, oh, that makes sense why I've been feeling this way or thinking this way. I'm a very visual person. So that helps me a ton. And that is the first thing that I kind of 
put on the list of fixing and uh, working towards becoming a little bit better. I know when I stop writing that it is solely because I do not want to face whatever I know is going to come onto that paper once I am done writing. Like what I have to read after I'm done writing and realizing what is going on in my head. I know that, you know, and I haven't done it in a couple months. I have realized I just really didn't want to read what was going to be said in that journal, but that is the process of coming face to face with your reality and your mind and things that are probably in you that you don't even know and that need to be released or need to kind of come to the forefront. And so the biggest lesson here, I guess, is regardless of what that thing is for you, whether it's writing or yoga or running or talking to a friend or a therapist, some of those things, which we'll go over in a minute, but Whatever it is that you know makes you feel the best and makes you feel like you are to terms with whatever has been going on in your life, whether it's good, bad, sad, happy, don't ever let your brain talk you into sacrificing that thing. You are never too busy for that thing. It does not matter if you have to pay for it, like for therapy, it is worth the financial investment. Don't allow yourself to think that you have too many tasks that day to spend 15 minutes doing what you know you need to be doing for your mental health. It just has to take priority. So whatever you may have been sacrificing lately, Today is the day that we stop doing that, okay? I will be doing that right there with you, but it is time to cut that shit out and uh, start prioritizing ourselves and self-care and get back to routine. If you have been on that routine, congratulations. Please stay with it. Don't sacrifice it. Don't let it go. It is important. I am talking to you from below, letting you know I fucked up. I wish I was up there with you. Um, So stick with it. And if you are like me and you've let it slip, then that ends today. Slowly but surely, we'll take one step at a time, but we're getting there. We're working on it. Okay, next up, social anxiety. Let's talk about it, switching gears a little bit. So in this category, we might be going through, you know, some lows in other areas, but in this particular category, I am thriving. (laughs) If you haven't listened to the other episode, please do. Uh, It's specifically on social anxiety. But during that episode, I was just really becoming aware of what made things better or worse or what I needed to do to best prepare myself to avoid having social anxiety at all. Some of these things, if you are still in the midst of that, for me, were knowing what I'm going into beforehand. If I have to go to a wedding or a bridal shower, I like asking questions before the event so that I can know how many people will be there, how long I'm supposed to be there for, etc. I like to know if I'm inside or outside, how I'm supposed to be dressed. I like being prepared for the event so I can go into it knowing kind of what to expect. That for me has been very helpful. I still do that. Force yourself to initiate conversations if you think a conversation is coming. So for me, I would get very nervous if someone initiated a conversation with me that I was not anticipating. I don't know why that did that to me, but it would immediately make me sweat, turn really 
really red, get very nervous. And so if I initiate a conversation with someone at the dog park or the cashier at the store who I know is probably going to ask me how I'm doing or if I found everything okay, instead, I will immediately ask them how their day is going, how they're handling things. I don't know, whatever is appropriate to be asking depending on where you are. But when you initiate it, you feel more confident and you feel like you're a little bit more in control of the conversation. You know what's going on. You're just not really surprised or taken aback by the fact that you're having to have a social interaction. And then along with that is to just do that more often. Whenever I go into public, dog park, grocery store, bank, gas station, I always look up and I always have a conversation with at least one person further than a quick little like compliment where I just know they're going to say thank you or, you know, something like that. Maybe that's a starting place, but I try and have intentional conversations more and more and more so that I feel more comfortable having them. Every, as time goes on, you really start to loosen up in social interactions. As I'm talking, I'm like, this probably sounds so sad to people who are new here or have no idea like about social anxiety at all, but this is a real thing. I have had actual anxiety just from speaking to other humans. I know. I I feel like for, for many people, that is probably a ridiculous concept, but for some of us, it is the real struggle. But while I still have moments of feeling this way, they are so much more rare than what they used to be. I am quite happy to report that after doing all of these things and being in therapy for a while, my anxiety now compared to what it was in terms of social interactions and social anxiety specifically, it is night and day. I feel so much better about going into public spaces. I used to avoid it at all costs because I just didn't want to have that type of anxiety because not only do you deal with the anxiety, but you also deal with the shame of being like, why am I so weird? Why am I such a freak? Why does everyone feel so extroverted compared to me? And then I'm just like this weirdo girl walking into a place who can't even have a conversation with someone asking me about my shirt. It just doesn't make any sense. You feel a little broken in that way. So it's this combination of nervousness and anxiousness along with this really big amount of self-doubt and shame. So I would just avoid going into places at all costs because why would I want to put myself in a situation that was going to make me feel that way? I didn't want to. But like I said, this is good news because I don't really feel that way anymore. If at all, it's been a very long time, but now maybe it's like really with authority or someone who intimidates me in a really big way. That's kind of the only time now where I have found myself feeling that way at all. So do the work because it is very much worth it. Be intentional about it. Don't just sit with the anxiety and accept it like as it being a part of you. It does not have to be. Put in the work and go into public spaces and social interactions and all of that with intention, a plan, some type of preparedness because the more in control you feel, the better you will feel leaving the situation. Did that make any amount of sense? I don't really know, but you get what I'm saying. I do think that a lot of these feelings, and I think a lot of social anxiety is a giant lack of confidence. When I was kind of at my highest of having this anxiety, my my self-esteem and confidence and everything alike that in that category of life was very, very low. And so that's really why I was going into these social interactions with such a low confidence. So I felt like people were looking at me like I was ugly and stupid and weird and all of these things I was 
thinking about myself. It's like you feel like everyone in the room is staring at you and thinks all of the horrible things that you have convinced yourself that you are. So the work definitely has to be simultaneous of going into those social interactions with intention, but also working on your inner voice kind of and getting those really negative thoughts out. And for me, a large help in that has been therapy. Love therapy. And we're going to talk about BetterHelp for a second. And then we will move on with why BetterHelp and therapy in general has been so helpful for me. So BetterHelp is an online platform. I talk about it frequently. It has helped me a lot on the road. I had to forego therapy when I moved into my van because you cannot see a therapist in one place when you are traveling all of the time. It's not that easy. And so BetterHelp is an online counseling platform where I have been given a therapist who specializes in my needs and I get to meet with her once a week online. You can download the app, which is what I use. And that's nice because I don't have to have internet in order to talk to her. I can just use my cellular data, but I just log on the app and then we can video chat and have an hour long therapy session every week and talk about whatever is going on. It's far more affordable than typical therapy. And with my code, you will get an additional 10% off your first month. You can go to BetterHelp, and that is better, H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com slash divine, and use the code divine, and you will get 10, that 10% off. I love being sponsored by BetterHelp every other week. It has been one of the bigger life-changing things that I've had in, you know, the last six months or however long it's been that I've been working with them because I didn't really know how to have therapy on the road until I came across them and until we started partnering together. And therapy is a thing that I need. I have Katie, who is one of my very closest friends, and she has helped me tremendously in ways I can never repay. However, it is also still crucial to have a licensed person who is educated on helping you and doing it in the right, safe, proper ways. So I feel lucky to have both and like a friend and the therapist. And I also am very proud of myself that I have worked towards building the friendship I have with Katie and proud of myself for maintaining a therapist and going every week and showing up for myself in those ways because that is also something that is very important for me. There are people yelling in the parking lot that I'm sitting in right now. Don't know if you can hear them, but it's just kind of funny. Like the background noise that changes every week with this podcast is so telling of the fact that I live in a van. It's either someone yelling, dogs barking, wolves howling, waterfalls, and like it's just something different, I swear to God, every single week. But anyways, therapy. I would have never considered going to therapy even just a couple years ago because we did not talk about it growing up. We did not consider it. It just literally was not discussed. Like it wasn't a bad thing, but it just was not a thing at all. But as I have found it as an adult, it has become the thing I look forward to the most every week. Like if something happens, I will write it down. And that's another thing about BetterHelp. Sorry, the ad is far over. But another thing about BetterHelp is that you can message your therapist throughout the week. And so when something pops in my head that I want to talk about that I know I'm going to forget, I can write it to her quickly and be like, hey, I wanted to go over this so that when we're actually on the call, we can go through our messages and make sure that we touch on all of the topics that I wanted to go over that week. 
And one thing I want to stress a lot is that therapy is definitely not something that is going to help you live a perfect life with like no lows, no depression, your anxiety will completely be gone. That is not it at all. Um, it's really to just give you a neutral friend during those times to tell you that you're not crazy and figure out what tools you need to do better and be better and be better equipped to handle these situations in the future. I always say like a good friend is one who would put their arm down in the hole to like, right, grab your hand and pull you out. But a therapist is going to throw the tools down that you need and be like, okay, now get yourself out which is more beneficial in the long run, obviously. But as human beings, we need all of the above. We need the friend. We need the therapist. We need family of any kind. Uh, we just need support and validation. So it is crucial that you work on, with intention, making that happen in your life. It was not until I really followed who I was and stopped doing all the things that I was told I should do and was supposed to do and the career choice that I should have gone into and gone to this school to study this thing. It wasn't until I was like, no, I'm going to live in a van. I'm going to be by myself. I will not shower every day because I can't and that's fine. Don't care if you have an opinion on it. I'm going to have to dig a hole sometimes to go to the bathroom. Don't know if you are enlightened on that subject, but there you go. That is another van thing. And yeah, there are things that I do that go very much against the societal standards. And I have always been that type of person, but I was too scared to be that because I didn't want to be deemed like a complete weirdo. And it wasn't until I followed that that I really developed the relationships that I needed with people who understood me in a way that Katie does. And I always use her as an example, but I do have a few friends that are that way. And I never experienced that before. I never knew friendship could be the depth that it is now with my friends because wh whatever it is that makes you weird, like we all have our weird things. We all have some kind of freak flag flying in some direction, right? Like it wasn't, it's not until you follow that that you will find friendships and relationships with purpose and meaning and intention and depth. And so following who you are, although it feels weird at first because, you know, I was surrounding myself for so many years with groups of people who I just thought were the cool kids or the popular kids or kids I wanted to be like. And so being this person in that group would have been very weird. I would have been the complete freak. But then when I follow who I am and I put myself in a completely different group of people, of people who are like-minded and completely understand why I'm doing what I'm doing because they're doing the same thing and they get it and I'm no longer the weirdo. I blend in completely. It's very refreshing to like open up your sliding door with a home inside your car and the person that's looking at you is like, okay, yeah, that's cool. So what are we doing tonight? What like, want to have a campfire? Want to do this? Like they're the van no longer is like the subject of conversation. And that's so refreshing. And you just, it is a scary thing to remove yourself from the group that you're currently in. It's definitely intimidating. And there's by no means reason to stop being friends with certain people, but you definitely can 
distance yourself from them if they don't make you feel good. And Katie's really working with me on like cutting people off who do need it because I'm just not good at doing that. But you can distance yourself from some and you can cut off people from others. And that is not a mean thing. It's not a bad thing. It's actually very healthy for you and probably for them because it, that's a relationship that just does not need to exist if they're not making you feel good or vice versa. So the point is be yourself because yourself is good enough. You just have to find the people that it is good enough for. And if the people in your life now are not making you feel that way, then we don't need them. Um, you can always distance yourself from some without completely removing them if you don't want to, but you should have people in your life who make you feel like you are very much enough because in turn, that will make you feel like you are enough and that is the most important relationship of all. And we know that. Um, and sometimes we need to be reminded that we are enough. And so putting people in our lives that will tell us that and remind us that when we need it is what we are looking for in friendships. Okay, it is late here. I am declining quickly. I think I'm crashing from the abundance of caffeine that I have had today. So I think that we've gone over pretty much everything in terms of mental health update, check-in status, everything I've learned since my last episode, all the things that I find important. I know these kinds of episodes are not for everyone, but it's very cathartic for me. So I'm happy that you still show up and listen, even when I just need to have these kinds of conversations. I've learned a lot about van life, but those are not the most important lessons that I have learned on the road. And I want to share it all. I want to share about the van life logistics stuff. And I also want to share about anxiety and mental health, especially because van life has influenced my mental health in so many positive ways. So it is kind of intertwined. A couple of book recommendations before we go. I'm reading two books right now, which I do often. I like to kind of read the same book in the mornings and then at night read a different book. So I kind of split my days up in that way. It's pretty weird. But I, I just started How to Be an Anti-Racist. That is a book club on Diversify Van Life Book Club. I think that's the Instagram. I've shared it on my stories a couple times and I'll continue to do so to make sure that you can find that. We are reading it together one chapter a week, which is very doable. And I like that pace. And then the other book I am reading, it is a fictional book called Sold on a Monday. It is really, really good. It's based on a true newspaper article that showed a photo of a boy holding a sign on the side of the road that said two children for sale or two kids for sale, something like that. And an author saw that and wrote a book about it. And it's like a New York Times bestseller. Also great book. I recommend both books. So... I think that's pretty much everything now. Email me, talk to me. I'm pretty happy about this shorter episode. I feel like lately my episodes have been super long. This was just kind of a nice little break, a little chat. But I love you guys. I hope that you know I really mean that and you can feel it over there wherever you are. And I will talk to you next week. Bye friend. Yeah.